Hi, everybody. George, why don't you introduce us? Well, I'm George Romero. This is Marilyn Eastman, Carl Hardman, Jack Russo, and we're here watching Night of the Living Dead, which is a movie that we all got together a couple of years ago and made in Pittsburgh, and this is what we hope to be, finally, the official uh, all-purpose, uh, all officially authorized version of Night of the Living Dead, um, finally released on video. Hey, we're watching the credits right now. This car that's coming down the road here was actually actually belonged to Russ Streiner's mother. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. And <clears throat> there's a scene coming up where the car seems to crash into a tree. Actually, <laughs> she had an accident with the car and dented the fender, and we decided to try to capitalize on that. And so we were able to get some production value out of a, an accident. Because this car did not stay with the production. She was using it to go back and forth to work, I think, every day as we... Uh... George, hadn't we started to shoot with the damaged side of the car? Uh, and then she wrecked it? And oh, yeah. To yes. Build in the scene. Right. Right. Oh, you yes. mean we had to, we actually had to wreck it into the tree. Is that right? Is that, yes. is that how yeah, it happened? Yes. Oh, See, yeah, because we nice had... trees are gone now. They were all uh -huh. taken in a big storm that they had out there. Tornado. All those wonderful trees. Yeah, tornado hit and actually un uh, uprooted the cemetery, and about 200 bodies were uh, lifted up out of the what? earth. That's true. That right? Didn't you know that? No. I didn't know that either. You're kidding. Yeah, the tornado. Oh, Did they walk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried awfully hard. <laughs> But, uh, well, she, he I said we should move the body into Pittsburgh. Or yeah, well, something. those bodies got partly moved, for real. About 200 uh, bodies got unearthed oh by a tornado, gosh. and they had to uh, reinter them. And I'm not, I'm not sure if they're reinterred in that same cemetery in Evan City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, reinter. Yeah. <laughs> this is, of course, Russ Streiner, who was one of the uh, producers... Uh, of the yeah, film, and Judy O'Day, who yes. Pittsburgh, at the time a Pittsburgh actress, now uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, still Judy's wearing a fall there, a blonde fall, and she really hated it because it wouldn't stay straight. If you notice a couple scenes in the film where her head looks like it's on crooked <laughs> because her hair wouldn't stay right, centered. Russ kind of got pressed into service to you know, to play the part of Johnny, partly because we could save money by casting ourselves in various roles. He still has that tie. He still he does? Has. <laughs> where, are he, where are his gloves? Well, they, they come I later. I don't know where the gloves are. They come later. Yeah, they'll... In, uh, no, I think he's, that scene is passed, where he does the thing to establish the gloves. No, it's coming out. Is it? Yes. In, in color, was that tie yellow? Yellow yes. polka dots? Yes. You mean when the Funny, movie was... I remember that. When it was colorized. When it was colorized? Oh, no, in, in real <laughs> life, I think he had a... Uh, I think it was yellow, Jack, yeah. Yellow Jack. No, it's yellow jacket. And you have your uh, your basement, your Harry Cooper costume, right? Yep, yep. You have the whole thing. I still the real the thing. thing. The real thing. Can't get into the pants anymore, but... Uh... <laughs> Bids are now being accepted. Yes. Minimum bid, what? Five, oh, five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
I know we, since Russ was not Robert Redford, we figured that we would need some way to recognize him, and that's why we used the driving gloves. <clears throat> recognize him later when he yeah, comes when back. Yeah, when he returns. When he, he comes returns back. from the dead. Next year. Wonder how many times we bought the same one. And I was. Was this a real tombstone? Yeah. Yes. Are you kidding? We couldn't afford fake tombstones in those days. <laughs> Not then. But I can't remember the name on it. Can you? No. No. No photographs from we the other side. We were afraid to show any names. Thought we thought maybe somebody'd sue us. They probably but, would have. You know, I just remembered now that jump uh, cut number one there ah. with the lightning didn't quite work. Oh, uh, the lightning. We were talking about now. See, there's here comes lightning? Bill Heinzman. Well, that's why we had to cut into a real close-up because turning lights on and off. In order to make the light hot enough to look like lightning, we couldn't do it in a wide shot because you put a all we had were color trans, and you put one on a wide shot, and it just just nothing there. Nothing. So we had to cut in tight for all of the lightning shots. Well, I think it was drizzling. See, there's, and, there's the glove. Shot. Oh, there are the gloves. Yeah. Now somebody was talking about the pens in his pocket. What was that about? We just did that. Because we thought, well, he looks like an accountant or a CPA, and they always have pencils in their pockets, so huh. <clears throat> we'll give him a guy, give the guy a few pencils. <laughs> so this is a wardrobe department responsibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Character making wardrobe. That's great. Well, the thing about the lightning, though, it had started to drizzle, and we didn't know if the drizzle was going to register on film. And we also, or if it, if the rain came down harder, so we figured That's that right. if we could see the drizzle, maybe we better throw in some lightning. That's right. And then, and so we brought in a color tram light and flashed it on and off to make to make the lightning. Well, I was, you know, this is where I I was actually going to be the this cemetery zombie because nobody else was around to do it, and I I you did my makeup. I got into That's the right. makeup. And then Heinzman showed up and we said, oh, good, now he can be the zombie because I can still load magazines and work the clapstick. So, so there I was all day in zombie makeup working the clapstick and, and uh, Bill became the famous uh, cemetery ghoul. Yeah. Now look at Bill's hair here. Thunk. Mm -hmm. Now that was a real tombstone too? That was, yes. Mm -hmm. That was an artificial head. So that was a stunt. <laughs> that was an artificial head. No. <laughs> no but, uh, was, we, we didn't pay stunt adjustments in those no. days. <laughs> um, the glasses coming off, that insert of the glasses coming off, does anyone remember that? I don't remember that, but was that to cover too because of a continuity problem, or did we just do that for effect? Or did... I think we did that to make the effect look more believable, and he had them half hanging off and he was supposed to, we thought it would make it look more like his head really hit the, the stone. And I think oh, that, wait, wait, I just, wait, I don't remember that, but I, I, I just, every time I, every time I see it, I, I, I say, boy, that's such an obvious. We wanted the glasses off for some reason. Didn't Bill Heinzman claw at the glasses and get, we said, that's well, what I, you'll yeah. claw at them, get them halfway off, then when he, his head hits the stone, no, he, cla he claws them all the way off there, but it's such an obvious sort of an insert shot that just happened a little while ago. And I, every time I see it, I say, gee, I don't remember the circumstances surrounding that. And that's a real window break. That's a real yep. one. On a real window, a real not a breakaway. Window. That's not a sugar glass window at all. What did, we, what did Russ's mom say about that? 
<laughs> that she had given, she she had given us uh, permission to do that. To do that. And we were going to replace the window, but then when she wrecked the car, we thought, oh, great, now we can, we can pretend that the, we can fake the car hitting a tree, and that'll give us some big production value. <laughs> Notice how fast Bill Heinzman moves there. Yep. Crunch. There it is. A tribute to your editorial skill. Mm. <laughs> real. A tribute to your sound effects. <laughs> there she goes. There you can see the cheats leaning yeah. away from the tree. That always bothered me. In the original script, uh, at the end of the movie, the posse was supposed to come through that cemetery and find uh, the car and, and, and even find Johnny's body still there. Mm -hmm. But that was before we decided to have Johnny come, come back in the end. Yeah, right. in, the, in that draft. But we never did go back to the, to cemetery, the cemetery for the, mm -hmm. for the closing. Probably for one reason, because we'd have had to have the wrecked car there, and yeah. just oh. that that shot of her, some of that stuff with her running there, that was the very first stuff we shot, wasn't mm -hmm. it? The, the very mm -hmm. yeah. Remember the what sitting in the back of a in the trunk of a car or something doing those runnings? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We had no dollies or anything, but it worked. It works. Works fine. You, you can sort of see her stop that? though. That's another cut that always bothers me. Right at the end of the one of the shot where I was shooting out of the back of the car, you, before I cut away a little too late, you a little can too sort late. of see that she's oh. about to stop. <clears throat> were you over cranking for her running? I don't think so. No, but you know, we were shooting. We were shooting with. Well, we shot the whole thing with a, a an Aeroflex, an old Aeroflex in a blimp. Um, Right. And, um, but the same camera came out of the blimp for the handheld For the handheld stuff. Mm -hmm. and, it, I, I, and it was battery powered. And I don't think it had a very accurate tack oh. on it. And so, so it was basically running at a wild speed. At a wild speed. And some of the stuff is a little slow. Some of it's a little uh, fast, actually. But it all works. But it, it works OK. And this was the, go, the, the gobo uh, lighting, the shadows that were caused that we made with uh, hanging black seamless on uh, in front of the lights and then cutting punching holes in jagged them. patterns in the seamless to shine the lights through and make the shadows very mm -hmm. effective and then she sees pretty soon the the yeah. animal heads on the wall which actually belonged to George Cassana who played the sheriff he was a oh. big uh, hunting buff and a hunter and he had he had shot those animals and brought them in to help decorate the house. We found this farmhouse, uh, and they were going to uh, raise it, destroy it. And um, so we said, well, we can do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just give us a try. <laughs> One of the funny things was that was one of the hardest sound effects there. Yes, it was. The when, uh, that rope. Pulling the... Uh, Bill Heinzman grabs yeah. the um, clothesline. And the pole, yeah. Throwing, flinging the pole. And, well, that's always the tough stuff. Yeah, it's always the little things. So what does it sound like? You know, what does that sound like? Came in a boom, like, boom, how boom. do you create it? Recreate it. Well, I was just thinking about uh, 
that we, in a lot of ways, had to invent the way that the ghouls would behave. Because in the first place, you know, these were, I think, probably the first flesh-eating ghouls ever in a movie. Be, you know, before that, zombies didn't eat flesh. And then uh, Bill Heinzman said about, uh, you know, we, we wrote in the script they were slow-moving and weak, but yet he had to be strong enough to break that window in the car, and he had to be fast-moving enough to chase Judy through the cemetery. And Bill said to George, hey, George, you know, what about this? I'm supposed to be weak and slow-moving. He said, well, do it anyway. Speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're trying. Get it done. <laughs> when you have to take license. And, uh, right. There's a great deal of ingenuity exhibited mm -hmm. in this film, insofar <laughs> as movie making is concerned. Today, uh, George, you can attest to that. The tricks that are used are so much easier. Well, you remember that a lot of people might not know that you're the one that made the uh, skull at the top of the stairs. Do you remember it? <clears throat> yeah, I re and I remember the hand too, um, making those clay hands yes. with mm -hmm. blood inside. The through stuff. the window. And the skull was, uh, I think, a, a Ravel model that we went up to the hobby shop and bought it, and then you you worked with clay and the it was Bill and Walsh built up on it. Yeah. yeah. Probably be a lot more of them as soon as they find out about us. And, well, it was great fun. I mean, uh, <laughs> and a lot of the zombies that you see in the background. A number of them we made from uh, mannequins. We, we uh, covered the faces with clay and sculpted them ourselves. And George showed us how to cut ping pong, ping pong balls in two <laughs> to make eyes. And we'd put the ping pong ball eyes in the mannequins and then paint the pupils on. And uh, those were the zombies that took some, in some cases, blows with. Uh, yeah, yes. Those were the really slow zombies. <laughs> <laughs> week the black and white uh you know i see some of these shots and i, I can remember uh you know i can still feel those focus rings on that old those old lenses you know the little the two little butterfly rings on there but i'm amazed actually sometimes at the depth of field and i think really the tri-x and the plus x and that was so fast that it gave us a lot of it was very forgiving yeah. that way a good f-stop to uh, get yeah to shoot depth at. of field and uh, the, the whole discussion about color and black and white, I, I don't know how deep we were in, but when we actually started to raise some more money other than our own, uh, I know we talked about going to reshooting what we had done and switching over to color, but we would have had to have gone to 16 millimeter. To shoot it. And yeah. I, I never know, how, you know, was it an aesthetic decision to stay with the black and white, or was it just the week of work we didn't want to do, or? I think that, that I think it was uh, economics more than yeah. anything. Well, didn't we determine that it would have been about the same to go to 16 color? 16 but we color. would have to go to 16 mil. Yeah. Yeah, and there was the blow-up process from 16 to 35 came into question. I, I think the week's work it was a big factor a big to factor. redo that because we were trying to work this around commercial shooting, and the, uh, we could only... We could only free ourselves for 19 days, remember? The first burst of shooting was 19 days mm. at that house, and then we had to get back on commercial work. And then later, we did another uh, seven days or whatever. Yeah. And then we did three days. We did some at your studio, your old studio. Right, on the sound deck. 
on A deck, right. the master control area. And then, I, but I, I remember just looking at the at the black and white, um, you know, some of the the wide shots with the gobo shadows and all that when we first were projecting it and stuff, mm -hmm. and it just looked so great. Yeah, it really did. There's a there's a fake zombie uh, the, on the close up. That was a. A mannequin, a mannequin that took that blow with the tire iron, and I then it and then it have. cut to the real actor, uh, the, the actor falling. That tire iron that uh, Dwayne is using came out of my '65 Lincoln. <laughs> is that right? The same Lincoln that we used for the Washington D.C. Uh, series. Series? <laughs> Sequel. Sequence. Sequence. It's a good thing it. we didn't uh, get a flat. Come, and this is another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is another case of. Uh, Here's Jack. It was back in three or four o'clock in the morning, and all the actors had gone home, and no, nobody was around to to do the zombie. And I said, "Oh well, I'll do it." So, I became the the tire iron. Yeah, you're the house zombie. <laughs> <laughs> and Carl, you did the makeup again on me. I was still shot. It's another good. Me. Good action there, Jack. That's a good zombie action. As a sort of a. Well, I, I was probably hung over. And <laughs> <laughs> it was probably easy to move that way. But what you made a little hole in the derma wax on yes. my forehead and then. Added some fake blood to it. Mm -hmm. I remember trying to get that shot of the tire iron, tire iron falling. I actually admire that shot a lot. It's a pretty shot with the rug pattern and the shadows. And there goes the, there's the Dermawax hole. Yuck. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, we, we, we were, you know, within the boundaries of the time we had, and, and uh, there was another mannequin. You can really see that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was... That's a funky one. Yeah, yeah. that was a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I, we... We were careful with it, you know. I mean, there are things that you, that there are, there are things that we were able to do here just because it was just us guys that I haven't been able to do on much bigger budget things, you know. Just mm -hmm. sure, like the de the care and detail in that shot of the tire iron, you know. It's like yeah, it's too bad that Oop, your Oops. eye moved there, Jack. Yeah. Well, I think it was supposed to. That was another. Um, where we discussed, well, do, do, do his eyes move because, do we fake that because she's supposed to think I'm still alive, maybe? Or if, even if the zombie... No, Jack, it was a normal no, blink. No, really, it wasn't. It was an intentional blink, blink, I remember that. Well, I know what we, what we were going for there, and it never quite came off, was the, the shock of when, you know, we're moving in and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden the body moves. It's being dragged. Yes. We find out an instant later that it's being dragged. Yeah, but we thought that the eye movement, if would, I, if it's just a little twitch that might have been a death twitch of the eye, would sell her thinking that it was still alive and the audience uh, thinking that when it moved. I don't know why that it, um, it's not a jump. I, I don't know whether it's the music cue or whether I, the sound effects in the just in the wrong spot, or whether it's just not sharp enough, you know. Oh. Nowadays, you know, with the Dolby tracks and everything, the, oh. the stuff that you can do, you can make people jump without anything happening <clears> on <throat> the screen, mm -hmm. just by hitting yes. them with a uh, yeah, just a good sting. Yeah. 
I love this. When the lights came on, because then we didn't have to fool with those gobos anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I Until mean, much later. You know, they really slowed down the production, and I thought, oh, man, just, just get to this point where we don't need those gobos. All this stuff, I remember Vince was up there working. Actually, everybody put in some turns up there, getting this house all together. That's a good-looking kitchen drawer. Mm -hmm. That's, no, that's yeah. another example of good detail. <laughs> yep. You don't see that kind of set dressing on a big movie. No, you don't. I remember <laughs> when, when we were getting the house ready, I, uh, Vince wanted to come into the house. The house was a total mess. Vince wanted to come in and start right away getting the sets ready where we were going to film. And I said, no, Vince, we got to do the kitchen first. Because a lot of people are going to come out here and they're going to know that they're going to be living in this place for 20 or 30 days. And let's at least, there is, there's no bathroom, no running water. Let's at least give them a clean kitchen. They know they can sit down and have a sandwich and it's not utterly depressing to work here. So we, that was the first thing we cleaned up. Okay, there's the living room, the fireplace. We still have those those uh, fireplace tools. Implements, tools. Is that right? Didn't Vince open up that fireplace or 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 fake it? Wasn't that closed in when we first? It might have been closed, Jack. I don't remember. Oh, he had <laughs> the poor. Yeah, Vince poured the uh, made a new heart, a concrete hearth, because so we burn a real because fire. the oh. script called for a fire. And Vince, on his own, went out there and uh, what was it, opened that up. Was it I think there was uh, uh, gas gas logs in there. Mm -hmm. This is everybody's favorite shot. I know, isn't it weird? It was just an impulsive thing to do with the music box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's very effective. Something pathetic about it, in a way. I recently met the daughter of the family who owned the house. Really? Just a coincidence. Hmm. You know, we were at the same function, and we just started talking about movies, and it eventually came down to she identified who she was. Wow. And how much her family regretted the destruction of the house afterward. You know, I said, yeah, I thought people used to go out there and have picnics. And <laughs> if, we'd have, if we'd have bought the place and turned it into a place like the, the spooky Thompson yes. Haywire house, right. we'd have probably made a fortune. Oh. We would have had to buy the whole farm. <clears throat> it was a couple hundred acres or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the they were turned it in. Bought the farm. Turned it into a turf farm. They turned they turned it into a turf farm or something. Right? Remember the. We knew that he had to find wood someplace, and so we brought all this wood in. Now, where, where in the hell is he going to find the wood? And we belabored the whole issue of could we stash it under the sink? Is that a logical place for people to keep lumber? And we thought, oh, what the hell? There's no other place to put it. Sure, so we I put, keep lumber. And nobody has ever questioned it. You know, he finds a stack of lumber under the sink, and nobody's ever thought, well, this is a continuity blivet. Well, you know, again, I mean, maybe it's because of the goodwill nature of the, you know, furniture. There was a light stand there. Did you see it? Yep. No, on the left, one. there's a light stand well, and a cable. Don't zombies need those to, to, to put their makeup <laughs> on? <laughs> uh, but, you know, the oilcloth drop there and the mm -hmm. way the board is nailed on it. And, there, you know, there were all the little 
a lot of little touches in the set dressing that are just so natural. Um, well, we made natural it to a farmhouse to, like this. Exactly. An old house. Well, that was sort of our forte between the Leighton Image and Hardman Studios. All of us had that grounding in the commercial and industrial production and TV commercials where every detail has to be right or some agency person is going to not buy it. That's right. And, uh, yeah. and we brought that, that attention to detail to this movie. And here goes the dining room table. The dining room table. This was a uh, one of a kind. One. This was. Uh, we did this like a, a step at a time. I remember. Yeah, because there was no in, and in sequence because there was no other table. No. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> All-purpose table. The legs became the torches later. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that today with one table? No. Okay, you got to get this first crack out of the barrel. Well, I remember we were arguing about, uh, not arguing, but speculating and wondering how much money we needed to spend on how many shirts, like how, yes. and, you know, because of all the, uh, the different stages and are they going to get torn or right. what if something happens? Uh, yeah, it was pretty wonderful. I had two dresses and Judy had two dresses. Was, I was going like to ask we you really how many you had. I thought Hollywood, it was two. Yeah. But then... And the that funny... made it very hard to buy them because we, I had to shop to find a dress that was acceptable for, you know, for each of us, but they, there mm -hmm. had to be had two, to be of, two them of them in the same size. <laughs> but then that dress shows up about five times or more in the, in the, in the one sheet, in the Night yes. of the Living Dead poster. Yes. Right. right. They put that on everybody. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was Marilyn's body on. Yeah, right. they thought, you know, the jeans weren't sexy enough, so they took uh -huh. the jeans off of uh, Judy. Oh, that sounds Judy. sexy. Judy they took the jeans off of Judy Ridley, and they just put her head on your with body with your dress. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they improved the body significantly. This is this is Dwayne's soliloquy, soliloquy, as I call it. Yeah. And he felt all the pressure of. Of that, that that to him was the big. Well, the whole thing about Dwayne. I mean, it's interesting because uh, the fact that that we went with Dwayne in this role, and he was so uh, concerned that he didn't want that he didn't want his image to be. Um, you know, I always say, well, you know, we didn't. We really don't. Shouldn't take credit for casting a black man, uh, you know, in a certain, the way people talk about it. Um, but that what we didn't do was change the script when we cast a black man. But in fact, Dwayne changed the script because he didn't want the guy to talk tough. The guy, when written, without any description of his character, whether he was white, black, red, or yellow, talked like a tough guy. Well, he was a truck driver. He was a truck driver. And Dwayne was very, didn't, didn't want this guy to be, you know, he wanted him to, to uh, have a very, um, you know, a very um, more refined, uh, more refined image. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he was right. That worked probably yes. better than the other. It absolutely works for his character. It's all, it also absolutely works for him as an actor because that's yes. the way Dwayne is, and you know, it, and um, or or it's, he's much more natural playing. A, a character that's closer to. Yeah, to, I don't think he could have pulled off the, the truck driver mm -hmm. thing. I think he was 
think it, his performance would have become very self-conscious, I think. Yeah, I think well, you're right. Well, was an intellectual. Uh, and that feeling came out in the, in the way he played the character. But it was interesting, the sensitivity that he had about it at that point, rather than, um, you know, that's, a, again, a reflection of the times right then in the whole... Yeah, certainly was, mm -hmm. in his mind, a reflection of the time, certainly. And we were all kind of oblivious to it at the time. Well, one thing we weren't oblivious to, though, is, and just recently looking at some of the commercials we made, and you're talking about early 60s before even the Civil Rights Act was passed, and, and looking at some of those old commercials, and we always had black actors in our, in our commercials, and we always gave a lot of work to the jazz musicians, black and white, and all that. We kind of took pride in giving people work and, 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 and so on that, that had a tough time getting it. So that was part of our nature, and so we didn't blink at, at uh, casting a, you know, a black actor in this role any more than we uh, did with, it, with any of the other ones. No, that's why I always say when people say, well, that was a brave move, uh, you know, I say... Well, that was just us. Was, that was just the way we were. And most of the politics, uh, you know, whatever politics are, or polit whatever political overtones are in this film with the posse and the, atti the attitude of the way the posse is depicted and all that, I think is much more a reflection uh, or, uh, of, of the way we were, our particular group of friends were, were thinking at the time. Uh, you know, rather than any sort of calculated um, political statement that mm -hmm. we were trying to... to uh... But that way of thinking was not uncommon or avant-garde or anything. It's well, just that it hadn't been in a horror movie. You know, people didn't um, bother with things like that in a horror film. They didn't. They didn't yeah, yeah well, right. Actually, that's true. Any kind of film. I mean, they didn't bother with it in... Pillow talk, or in, uh, uh, you know, it was just a different time. The sensitivities were different. If there was a mm -hmm. film with a black actor in it, it usually had a, a racial theme, or it, you know, it that's was, yeah, it was a brave film like the Defiant one. Right, that's something. the one I was going to mention. Yeah. Uh, they all, they were always or uh, uh, built around racial issues. Right, and this was not in any way, shape, or form. And this is another one that Dwayne was very worried about. Yes. Um, Where he has to strike has her. To hit her. In fact, there was there was a great problem in getting him to strike her, wasn't there? Yeah, he just didn't want to do it. Blap. Just a little. Well, you know, screen direction there. Who knew from screen direction? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, both. <laughs> he was right. If you really. In a character sense, he shouldn't have hit her. You know, it really is out of character for him to hit her. But we needed him to hit her because we had to get her unconscious for the sake of the plot. The other truck driver would have done it. You know, the rougher character would have hit her. Yeah. Well, that's, we that's said, why well, we decided, we, we, I think that's why we decided to make it really sort of come out of her frenzy. And, you know, mm -hmm. he needed to get her more, he needed to just get her... To quiet her down. Quiet her down so they could... Get on to business, or I think that's what the intention was, even in because the original script. She was just starting mm -hmm. to flip out. Well, we still have this radio. Yeah, the old Zenith. I had an old uh, a crank up RCA Victrola 
there. I don't have it any longer. I brought it out to the set, and uh, and it was there. It was, oh. and then when we left, um, I just didn't bother with it. I just said, "Oh, the heck with it," which I wish I would have kept. Yes. It would have been a, a valuable, <clears throat> a true collector's yeah. item thing to have now. today. Of course, who knew that the music box is the thing that everybody asks for? Everybody wants that. Who has that? that? Music, nobody yeah. that I know. Vince. Um, Servinsky uh, said he his sister donated that to the production. The music box. It, the music box was hers. Well, and he said uh, she was always kind of sorry that she didn't get it back. Hmm. She never did. <clears throat> I, uh, you remember one of the fans at the uh, jamboree took the sound effect cassette that we had there, and we had the music box. Yes. On sound effect cassette. And he uses it as his telephone answering message <laughs> background. <laughs> it's incredible how That's people right. have gotten into this movie. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it set the tone for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I think. Well, we probably ought to mention a little bit about how we uh, had to carry uh, buckets of water every night. <laughs> in order to have something to flush the commodes with, and we would, uh, there were no showers. We, uh, George, Vince, uh, Gary, and I slept at the house and took cat baths in the morning. We'd have to boil water on the stove and take our turns washing up, sleep on cots. Do you remember falling through the cot? George? Yeah, I remember falling through an old canvas cot. <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest. That's the second biggest laugh I had through the whole. <laughs> production. <laughs> what was the? What was the? Because every biggest? night you you'd go, you'd say, "This will never hold me," and you'd. And I thought you were joking, or just saying that for no reason, until the day you, it, you sat on the cot and went right through to the floor. <laughs> but the the uh, the biggest laugh was Vince. This was uh, big production here too. This chair. Oh, what's yeah. that? Yeah, setting the chair on fire. I thought yeah. I saw the nude out there. Is that possible? Because I don't remember that. I don't think we at this point. I don't, I don't think, think she was so. there. Somewhere, where do you see the writing on the? Uh, I know there's some point where you can actually see the the, lay, the marking on the boards because we had to keep track of where they all went. When he on board, when they on board it, when they on board it later, escape attempt. Because we I went pretty much that. in sequence. The biggest uh, laugh I had was coming out of the house in the morning, and Vince was on the porch holding some kind of squiggly things up in the air and putting water into them from a Coke bottle. Oh. And it looked so bizarre, it was like something from a Fellini film. I said, what are you doing, Vince? And he said, oh, well, these are uh, sheep's intestines, and uh, George says they look too flat and lifeless, and the zombies have to chomp into them, and so I'm filling them with water, and tying knots in them to give them some life. <laughs> and I just cracked up. It works, though. <laughs> yes, it did. It worked very well. <laughs> I guess we could have put Slinkies inside. Something. Well, they were flat and lifeless. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Sheep's, sheeps Intestines. But... Saw oh, I saw those. Saw those. <laughs> I guess they are lifeless. Now, we didn't use the basement in this house. The basement door that's mm -hmm. there, didn't we? Well, 
there was there no, there was no basement or or, or what there, there was, was was too like low. There's hole. Just a I mean, hole. Just, yeah. yeah. It was it, it was low, impossible. It was very low ceiling and small and dirt mm -hmm. floor and dark and there was really. But I don't remember if we put that. Did we put that door there? Yeah, Vince. Yes. Again, Vince did that. He cut the hole in he the wall. He cut the door in, uh, framed it, and um, hung the door. So that it. But you couldn't go th through it. Right. Now all this stuff came from the closet in my house. <laughs> so we need a closet full of stuff. Don't you wish you had all that stuff back? No. <laughs> Why, it's a gun. <laughs> Lucky break here. We had no aversion to zoom shots. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the thing uh, now, most filmmakers now want to use just prime lenses. Interesting him smoking that cigarette there. You know, I, that always catches my eye, too. I don't think Dwayne smoked, did he? Yes. I don't. Did I don't, he smoke? Yeah. I don't remember, but it yeah, always. Yeah, he, I'm yeah, pretty he sure. Smoked. It always sure looks out of. Out of place, out of character. Everybody out of character for him. In yes. 1968? Yeah, that's true. Everybody smoked. Well, that's true. Yes. Except Judy O'Day, she didn't smoke. I found a gun and some bullets out there. Now, there's the window. He talks about, uh, right. Dwayne says about how we have the place fixed place boarded up, up, pretty boarded good. up pretty well. And we didn't board that window because outside of that window was about a 15 foot drop. and. No zombies could have gotten in there anyhow. Right. Of course, the viewer doesn't know that. Yeah, no, so. the viewer doesn't know that. I, there was a sequence where she actually, when she first shows up, she runs around that side of the house. Didn't, or didn't she not run around that side of the house? No, she did. She did run around that side. Yeah. And Because um, I, I, I can remember saying, well, that... You, sh you got her hitting be... the corner of the house, and then she ran away from camera. Down that side of the house where that window was. But he does say I'll finish the job later too, so we, <coughs> for those for those reasons, we didn't board it right then. Boy, you sure but, can rationalize. Yeah, we yeah. rationalized it at the time, and we should have. It's funny just how that stuff bites you. I mean, I, yeah. I can I, I remember. Well, you, you don't need to board that one up. We might have run out of lumber too. Somewhere in this room, in the living room, was that's the shot or that's the scene where. The script is propped up on the floor against uh, a chair. You, you mean that? when he's tearing the table apart? Yes. Yes. I always. Oh, is that when it is? I think that's when it was. I always forget yes. about that. I've never and seen it. I've never seen it. And also in the shot with the, uh, is it with the the, um, the music box, where your hand was over the lens? Oh yes, someone's hand was over the lens. Oh, is that right? Yes. Yeah. It might have been if like. If you look at it frame by frame, you can actually see the you know, fingers. Just, and just one frame. Maybe you were cutting the lens off to signify uh, another uh, another uh, bracket. The body that's being pulled away <laughs> there by Duane uh, was, was my daughter, Kyra, who was the little girl in the film. And we needed a body for him to pull down the hallway. So uh, Kyra was the body. Oh yeah, we, we didn't want to use a mannequin because we we were afraid it would look like it a mannequin. It looked like a mannequin, yeah. And that's the famous Zenith Radio. And the famous Judy O'Day. <coughs> Those zooms are not at <laughs> exactly the same speed, are they? It's like 
hand-operated, uh, handmade Zoom. They're eating the flesh but of again, their victims. They work. We had... Okay, now she hears something. And here we come up out of the basement. And there's the hidden door. The basement that, that didn't exist. Yes. So whenever we see the scenes of the basement, we came had to come back into Pittsburgh and we used the basement of uh, the building where our offices were at yes. Light Image. And, and that was the basement, became the basement for the house. Now the beginning of the confrontation between Ben and uh, Harry. And Harry. You notice I didn't have any more hair then than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> you look almost the same now. One of the fans at the Jamboree said that uh, uh, to me that said, you know, that Marilyn Eastman's a, a really nice looking lady and, and uh, all of you people said the years have been really kind to you. Was that the same fan who also said, of course, all and you people And then he said, can, so I have, can I have a free... <laughs> I said, easy. Oh, that bruise is there. What? Oh, you know, I, was, I have the bruise already, and this, I thought the bruise came from the fight with Ben, but obviously it didn't, because I, I have it. <laughs> It must have come from the uh, the accident with the car or whatever I guess, happened. I guess so. And this is where uh, uh, you and George discussed how you were going to play the character, the character, how big to do it. And yeah. What was that? Well, remember, uh, Ben, uh, Dwayne played the character so calmly that uh, it was decided that I should play Harry Cooper in a frenetic fashion, you know, with fist clenching and mm -hmm. that sort of thing, just for contrast. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget seeing the first rushes or dailies. And boy, what a comic opera figure I look like. <laughs> <laughs> but it works, though. Oh, it works great. It, it did work. <laughs> and Keith Wayne was a singer. And I remember we couldn't think <clears throat> who to cast for that part. And uh, Richard Ritchie was at a nightclub and heard Keith Singh and said that he had stage training and brought him out to audition and we cast him in that part. He's the only one who was not a Pittsburgher, isn't that right? Or was Keith a Pittsburgher originally? I think oh, I think he's from Newcastle, Newcastle. originally. I think so. And now he's a uh, what, chiropractor in um, chiropractor, North yes. Carolina. Or um, athletic chiropractic. Is that, is that what he does? He specializes in sports? I guess he and, and Judy Ridley are just about the only ones that aren't still involved in uh, showbiz anymore. Well, huh? Judy is. Is she? Yeah, related. She does, uh, she dresses food for commercials. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, she yeah. still does that. Mm -hmm. And she used to do makeup. Did she? I didn't, I didn't know, know that. Yeah, for a while she did a lot of uh, makeup for TV commercials and so on. And Keith, I just saw, is going to be uh, at a horror convention in, in Durham, North Carolina. Oh. I think the zombie jamboree kind of got it back in his blood. 
because he was starting to talk about scripts and oh, was he? <laughs> yeah, projects. <laughs> he said he had no idea that that the film was was so popular and that there were so many fans for this movie. And I said, well, does it get you thinking that maybe you should have stayed in the business? And he said, yes, it definitely does. He's a nice fellow. He looks the same. Changed. Just a little heavier. But then aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> this was the biggest jump. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Wham. I love that. That was a good one. That's another one where, you know, if we had some real dynamic uh, range on the track, we could. <laughs> yeah. Now the hand. This That's, was, uh, you uh, and Marilyn made that hand, didn't you, Carl? The fake hand that gets slashed yeah. up. I think I worked on it somehow, but I think we wound up making more of them. Is oh, what yeah. happened. Oh, I think I made one, and that's then right. we needed more of them, and mm -hmm. so they were just made out of clay with with uh, and this with blood fillings inside. Blood filling, right? And There's this zombie squib. at the window. That's Richard Ritchie, who, who uh, as I mentioned, uh, found discovered Keith Wayne. This. Now, this, you say, was actually a squib on his head coming up, but you can't hardly see it. Yeah, it's very difficult to, uh, to see, but it was a squib. Those were, these was our, this was all of us, I guess, our first experience with, uh, with squibs. And the guys that were doing it, uh, Vince's brother, uh, Reg, there, you don't see it, really. You don't see mm -hmm. it go off. So we actually put a squib on his head? Yeah. And what? Didn't use the shots. <laughs> Didn't turn out. Or I, ne I never remembered There's that. Nude. In fact, I've, yeah, I've gone is. around saying uh, that, well, we couldn't put put one on someone's head, so we... Uh, I don't think we knew any better. I, I, do do you know if squibs were used in films prior to this? Did they use That's them me. in... You know, There's Marilyn eating the bug off the tree. Nobody knows that this is Marilyn. Remember how worried we were that, well, can the makeup really yes. conceal mm -hmm. you enough and all that? And it sure does. No one, uh, I think, until you say. And you did that makeup up yourself, didn't you? Which was, a lot of the makeups were, were uh, really good considering, especially. They got especially... better as the film went on. <laughs> yeah. They really did get better. Experience. We were Experience, learning. that's yeah. right. And I guess a lot of that we forget, too. A lot of this is uh, being done for the first time. I mean, I don't, the, whole, mean the whole, yeah, the work yes. with Dharma Wax, and I think squibs were either not used before this movie. Or well, you know, the first time I remember rarely. seeing squibs and the like was, I, I mean, I, can, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but I, I remember, you know, Peck and Paw, like Wild Bunch mm -hmm. and French Connection and... Movies like that. And I, I don't. Well, they came after. And that was after. But I honestly don't remember. With I mean, I don't, this this wasn't something that that Reed and those guys invented. I don't think it must have been. At the time, I thought they were inventing it. I might I may have been wrong because I you know it wasn't something that I. They were they were fireworks guys. Yeah. Reed right. was a fireworks guy. <clears throat> and Tony and it's funny they were just they would always be working around the explosives with lit cigars or Tony oh, always had that lit stogie in his mouth. Yeah. We were just freaking oh. out. We were worried. But <laughs> the idea of blowing out the little blood packs, uh, 
you know, I just honestly can't remember whether that, if it was an invention, boy, that's something. Uh, it should have been patented. Should have been. Uh, okay, this is Harry's big retirement to the basement. Now that shot was in the in the downtown base. That was in the actual basement because right, there was no right, stairwell right. here or anything. It, you just had room to get around the corner, right? That's all. What was it? A closet? No. Uh, no, there. He took part of the uh, kitchen. Don't you remember? No, that I don't. Little section of the, <laughs> of the kitchen to create that space. To create that little space yeah, because yeah. it was just the thickness of the wall, six inches or something like that. Wow. I couldn't, I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that either. Actually, there, Helen. there was the thickness of the chimney. And Kyra, there's Kyra. Yeah. And then another uh, thing that people might not realize is that uh, Judy Ridley actually was your receptionist at that time. Right. Right. She worked at Hardman Studios. Hardman Associates, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I didn't know who they were. Well, no. This was after Judy had left because Paula Richards was our oh, receptionist. Oh, I thought they then. were both at the same there at the same time. No, Paula Richards replaced Judy. Uh, where did Judy? Didn't Judy? Or was that before Judy? I, th or I think before that's Paula before. Uh, or I before think... Paula started with us. There was a, a transitional period there when both girls were working. And Paula uh, played one of the zombies. Yes. Right. And, Judy, and Paula's father also. And Judy ended up in the in the role of Judy. In the role, yeah. yes. And our prop room was in this basement. Yeah, there's lots of nice stuff down there. <laughs> That's where the famous flood was, is that right, Jack? That destroyed everything? Yeah, later on, the uh, Night of the Living Dead uh, work print and a lot of the elements that went into the movie and a lot of our early films were destroyed by a flood. In this basement? In, the, in this basement. The, the old Monongahela River came up and uh, mm -hmm. yep. took it all away. The argument. The argument. There's this jump cut coming up too. The real, mm -hmm. the real obvious jump cut, right? Oh, the one well, we, that we were trying to cut some time out, wasn't that? Well, was the distributor yeah. was insisting. The distributor wanted some time out of the movie, right. and, and I, I remember the biggest, my biggest problem I had with it was that the the biggest, widest shot we had of the zombies out in the field got cut out, and, and instead of being, instead of putting it in somewhere else, it just got cut just out. Lost. And uh, that's the shot that I wish we had back. I can remember it being a really great-looking shot. Mm -hmm. It was a big, wide shot. Mm -hmm. and we had we stood some mannequins up out way in the distance, and we yeah. had. I remember. It was our biggest zombie a horde, shot. A great right, horde of and we and that oh. shot's never in there. In here is the jump cut, right? Didn't we just see it? Didn't I think we just passed. Oh, it. did we pass it? I'm sorry, I was looking away. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, they insisted. There was some dialogue that came out. I don't even remember what it was, but there were about six yeah. more minutes of basement scene. But I remember that I remember Russ was in New York at the distributor, and and he said, "Well, I can 
I figured out this place where I could get these few lines out of here. And and he they didn't even have movieolas or anything. He was just looking at it up against a light box or something. And he said, I don't think you'll notice this. The head seems to be in pretty much the same position. And they took it out. Because <laughs> we didn't have a lot of cutaways anyway. Well, I think there weren't any cutaways, and now you mentioned that wide shot, and you know, if we were doing that now, we could have probably put some music in and actually taken the liberty of go going outside to a zombie shot. Right. And that could have been the cutaway. Well, how many <laughs> minutes did we drop in order to... I think oh, about, much. Six, about six minutes, I think. All and they together? insisted, they because said, the whole seems... movie's too talky in this whole section, and it has mm -hmm. to go... And you know it was our first dealings with a distributor, and they were, they were in the power position, and we figured. The, the um, I don't remember it being that much. The bonfire at the end, I know, was trimmed. Was it the, that? I don't remember. The credits roll, and then it goes back to the bonfire in the original. Well, there were, there were, uh, that's still there. That's still that's there. still there. It still ends on a live. Shot. It comes back to life at the end. The fire comes back on with that final explosive sort of music. Thing. They wanted more zombie yeah. shots in, and they wanted the dialogue cut. And we didn't have uh, almost all our zombie shots were in. I think all we came up with were, were, were just a few more seconds, a well, couple of yeah, short really shots, and then we had to put the jump cut in to get the to, to shorten the dialogue. And that's all we could do. So. Yeah, the shooting ratio was very uh, <laughs> tight. About a six to one shooting ratio. Harry's wife. A lot of it, you know, George really kind of took over at one point with uh, just ridiculous. trying to keep to the schedule and get the film in the can. And a lot of a lot of these things, George would shoot one take, Give me one of those. and that was it. <laughs> there wasn't even a safety take. If he mm -hmm. got it, he got it and on to the next thing. And, uh, you know, we were really worried if anything had been scratched or whatever, but it, you know, we, it, it came out. And it was funny, we were, we were reducing everything to 16 millimeter to work on it because all of our equipment was in 16 millimeter. Mm -hmm. So even though we shot a 35 millimeter negative, all our work prints and everything were in 16. And it was all cut on a synchronizer and a and just a a, a viewer. Yeah, and not even transferring all the. I forget how we. You didn't actually make the 16 millimeter transfers, did you? You you you, you did all the sound effects and music right. on quarter inch. On quarter inch. And then we had and to get them transferred. Somebody probably uh, out of WRS. Or I think yeah. WRS did the the mag transfer. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, uh, you know, I think the whole film, and boy, talk about ingenuity again. I don't know how much the audience knows about laying up various soundtracks, but that we had voice tracks. Yeah, there were voice tracks, music tracks, and sound effects tracks. And I, I, in, in the interest of keeping it down to a minimum number of tracks on 16 mag, that thing was like a, an amazing checkerboard. And I remember we were mixing without picture. We did, uh, at first, when we that's right. We're initially yeah, we mixing didn't, it we down. We didn't have the capability, have of, the watching capability of watching while picture while we mixed. So we would just watch the checkerboarding of the mag tracks. And uh, I got in the habit of using white leader, which was expensive, because mm -hmm. you know, rather than just using fill. 
but that was so that you could see when there was tape and when it was not, uh, when there was no signal. And there were eight, well, there were seven sound, sound effects and music tracks, and you'd be in there with just that eight-gang synchronizer, one-gang <laughs> picture and seven sound, and film hanging out your mouth, out your ears, <laughs> out your nose, and trying to keep track of it and keep it all in sync. Well, I'll tell you, I'll go to my grave with some of that nitrate, I think. Yeah, and, all, and every movie, every movie we made for about uh, 10 or 15 years was made that way. We never had any such thing as an editing table, an automated no. camera well, steam back. Even years it. later, when when um, uh, when we had this, even all the way down through Night Riders, I was I would cut with uh, and mix blind. Night Riders was the first picture that I mixed a picture. This scene uh, that's up now is the scene that was shot at our studios downtown on a deck master control deck that looked into three mm -hmm. different studios <clears throat> there's that's chuck chuck craig, that's chuck craig for, who for, was at, uh, was at one time he, at that point he was working for you guys for yes right? but he had once been a, a newsman right yes in cincinnati and, and he yeah. wrote this copy for himself uh, at just as he yeah he was yeah. very effective we can get some gas we can get out of here and you, you guys had a show called the Jason Flake Show. And yes. He was yeah. Jason Flake. And he was Jason right. Flake. And, and what did, did you do? Comedy routines for morning radio. There goes There's Ross, Ross Harris, Harris who supplied all the intestines. The guy on the phone behind Chuck there right. is... The, is uh, at the butcher shop. The guy that supplied the intestines. <laughs> he was a meat pack, or he owned a meat packing company or something? No, he, he bought for his... He had a chain of meat stores. Oh. Butcher shops. I think they were old. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, butcher shops. Oh, yeah. Chuck uh, bought a rabbit farm, didn't he, after? Yes. A few years after this. <laughs> Isn't that funny? and frack, make a movie. <laughs> I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> Something really bad, I imagine. Yeah, the, the dark hair. hair yeah, lady, yeah, well, she was bad news. <laughs> Oh, this is the big budget scene. The big budget scene. Yeah, there's George with the microphone. To, uh, Washington. Is that Givens back there? That's Givens. Oh, is that Jack Givens in the back? In the hat in the back. Well, I, I had forgotten that. that. That's me on the left there yeah. with the microphone looking like with sunken eyes. That's, <laughs> that's Reed, the, the pyrotechnics guy over on the right with the sunglasses. Isn't that Reed? Yeah, yeah that's, that's Reed. Reed. He was the guy that did explosives. And we all trekked to Washington, D.C. It was a big deal. I, I remember, uh, we, I, don't, I don't know how many vehicles, but all uh, I guess everyone that you see here, plus a few other people, went down there um, in several cars, mm -hmm. including this uh, Lincoln that we're about to see, which you mentioned before, which is Carl's Lincoln that, from which came the tire iron. And I don't think we had permission to shoot at the Capitol, did no, we? No, no, we, we didn't. Did not. We just. Uh, rolled up and started to shoot. There's Jack again. Yeah, that's me in my army uniform. <laughs> <laughs> the flags on the on the car uh, were homemade flags. Nobody really knew what a... Well, that's your story, Marilyn. You yeah, we it. just knew we had to have flags, and so we made red flags with white stars, and nobody complained, so... <laughs> it's probably why we got away with shooting on the street there, We have to try to get out of here. He said the rescue stations have doctors and medical supplies. 
If we could get Karen there, we could get help for her. Bruno is one of the world's foremost authorities on space science and technology. Willard. I saw a sign that said Willard. The uniform we rented from Asser Costume Company. And I mean, it was just, everything was so, you know, wrong. <laughs> but uh, we were parked in front of the Capitol, and, and we'd already been parked there for probably 15 or 20 minutes, and we were getting nervous, you know, let's get this shot and get out of here before somebody asks us what we're doing. And the guards are up there with their guns and everything, and pretty soon the guard came down and oh shoot now go. we have to leave and he sticks his head in and he says I'm sorry I have to ask you to move because if we let one general park here they'll all want to park <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a true story that's too it <laughs> actually happened who, was, we, who shot that shot that was a 16 <clears throat> millimeter that was with the, uh, the um, Russ the eclair yeah Russ, Russ was using it? the eclair yeah well Russ is in the shot so. no I was in the shot so was Russ. Huh. Russ uh, isn't in that shot, is no, he? No, Russ isn't in that shot. Russ was shooting with the eclair, because there are stills of him with the, with the eclair. Okay. Oh, Russ is in another shot. And George, you shot the, mm -hmm. the scene Trade, that Russ is off. in. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's uh, Frank Doak, who uh, worked at Hardman. Yes, yes, he was our vice president in charge of sales, marketing. These... Uh, uh, Rescue stations uh, that are overprinted on the screen. I, you know, I can remember. It goes to show you the difference. Right, one of the first times the movie was shown, or several times when it was shown on the air, they actually blacked them out, or they had to make announcements and saying this isn't real. Or when George oh, yeah. Anderson yes, told that's me right. that story. I don't remember. Because that. Yeah. we put real, real, uh, real town and city names on the screen huh? because we figured if we had to uh, show, our, uh, carry our own picture. To the, from drive-in to drive-in to get it on screens that maybe people would recognize McKeesport and Clareton and all these different towns, <laughs> and that would be motivate them to come out and see the picture. So we re used real names, but then the TV stations were afraid that people would actually start calling these emergency numbers. And, Which, you know, in retrospect, made a lot of sense. <laughs> they were afraid maybe something like... Uh, Orson Welles, yeah, the uh -huh. War of the Worlds phenomenon might set in. It's too bad that there was no, uh, you know, no such thing as portable video back then. It would be great to have oh, some, yes. some behind-the-scenes stuff. When was the last time any of you saw uh, Dwayne Jones? I saw him actually about, just about... Uh, a year before he died, we ran into him. Chris and I ran into him uh, at an airport. He oh, was, oh, he was working. Uh, actually, we we were in touch with him. I, I I used to stay in touch with him whenever I was casting in New York because he really he knew a lot of. Uh, he was with the black the the uh, Negro Ensemble uh -huh. theater, and um, so actually he turned us on to a lot of actors that subsequently were in other films that we did oh. and uh, then we ran into him at an airport ran into him at the Pittsburgh airport about a year before he died yeah I used to see him uh, now and then through the early to mid 80s I think and he would come into Pittsburgh in fact his mother called when we had the zombie jamboree his mother called me and uh, she's living in Atlanta and uh, with his sister who's who's the city solicitor of Atlanta and she remembered how I used to come to the house and pick Dwayne up and we'd go to different parties or whatever. 
And then I didn't see him for a while. I Tim Ferratti. Yeah. Uh, in the late 70s in New York. In New York, we had, uh, we had a studio there. Lunch with him. Tim Ferranti did the last interview with him uh, uh, for uh, Fangoria. Fangoria magazine, and I had uh, he, I either called Dwayne or wrote him a letter and asked him to, to to give Tim the interview, and and he and so he said that he he would do that. That was a good interview too. And screen direction again, right? With them both looking left. Oh no, she, there she's looking right. Mm -hmm. I guess the, just the close-ups were fouled up. Mm -hmm. And I remember... Uh, so we had you, no, one, we, no one was keeping track of any of that stuff. It well, was all of us remembering. We were yeah. talking about that before. <clears throat> I think screen direction was something that was missing from our uh, education from, at that time. From our vocabulary. <laughs> but uh, do you remember that uh, this scene was all... We lost sync on this, yep. and the, we had to, uh, because we didn't have crystal sync, the, 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 uh, the, uh, we had to use a sync cable, and it, and it was bad. So we With had to resolver, take, yeah, we had to no. take this to the lab, and they used a resolver to bring it back in sync, but then it threw the pitch of their voices off. <laughs> and we had a, it was a nightmare of a time to try to, to mix the scene and, and recapture the correct sound of their voices. Well, didn't we actually take some of the tracks and use the out-of-sync stuff and just sort of fit them in? I can remember sitting with this thing over the synchronizer for... Oh, yeah, it was a... Years. A nightmare. <laughs> what seemed like years in trying to get the, 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 uh, the sync. It's not like just a wind passing There he is. Keith Wayne. What was he? Was the the uh, he had some kind of a name as a uh, he was he was a go, the male go go or something like that. Was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did, didn't he? When he was performing, I mean, when he as was a singer as a singer. Yeah. You know, he. I don't know what it, what they. Well, Mr. Go -Go. Headlined him. Was that it? Something Mr. like go -Go? that. I know it had go go in. But it. he he worked under Keith Wayne. And, yeah. Uh, he was a very good singer, and then he went on. Right after the movie was made, he went on tour for the. Uh, State Department singing in, I think, South American countries. Hmm. We lost track of him for, for years until the Jamboree time, and then we found out yes. he was a chiropractor. He's, a, he's now a chiropractor in uh, North, North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina. What's in that box, Carl, that you just brought up? Oh, those are more Molotovs. Those are the Molotov cocktail fixins. Fixins. Moonshine. <laughs> We're throwing those out the window. Yeah. Oh, my. Trying to get them to... Hit that stone down there. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Because <laughs> they got a break, and flame has to go everywhere. Don't worry about it. I'll hit the stone. Okay, now here's where you might be able to see the... The markings. The markings on the underside of the... Board. That's pretty hot, though. It's pretty burned out looking. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you do see it. <laughs> we had to label them so we would know how to put them back in the right place for the, for the sake of continuity. Because sometimes we'd be shooting when uh, in the script the door was boarded, and other times the door wasn't supposed was... to be boarded. <laughs> it's amazing that it was ever finished. 
Now, what was the problem here? Carl, you had a good story to tell about trying to hit that stone with the... Well, you know, it was my, I guess, colossal ego in thinking that I could hit a stone that was about, oh, what the heck was it? 18 inches across by, it was a big stone, but I was on the second floor. Yeah, it didn't look too big from up there. <laughs> and I've never pitched a baseball. You, know? <laughs> you had to hit the stone and break the bottle. Right, so the bottle. the bottle would break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There we go. Gee, you don't even aim. Ooh, that one did break. Yeah, it did. And I cut a wave, sorry. <laughs> but the stone was not over there, so that was... This is where Gary Striner caught fire, right? No, he caught, he caught, this is where I did the fire. I, I'm the zombie that gets set on fire here. Yeah, but I mean enough. accidentally. That's Jack there on yeah. fire. Now, yeah. Gary caught, caught on fire uh, trying to reignite the chair in the lawn. Oh. Oh. That's right, he was squirting uh, yeah. lighter, fluid. lighter fluid on it, or gasoline he had in a plastic bottle. It was gasoline. And there's Rudy mm -hmm. Ritchie. All the Ritchies are in this movie. Uh, Mark Ritchie was the bearded uh, scientist in Washington, D.C., talking about the Venus probe, Venus probe, which became now the reason all the blurbs say that that's why the zombies are alive. <coughs> and I think here, in one of these shots, you can see that the uh, headlight is not broken out. On the, on the truck because this was the the, the, tr the truck that truck. could actually drive was the was the duplicate truck that uh, the one that uh, you saw first in the movie couldn't run and we had to tow it there then we shot you remember we, there's, there's Bill Heinzman Bill. getting set on fire but remember, George, you wanted a big wide shot. We didn't have any wide shots that showed the layout here, and so we shot our only uh, day for night footage here coming up, I think. I thought that was in the, uh, was later, but maybe it is here somewhere. I think when it's on their way to the gas pump. There this it one. is. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. See? Well, where, when did we shoot the big wide shot then of the, the ghouls that you were lamenting didn't make it into the Final. That was also a dusky or a day for night shot, I think. For use here in this at the end? No, it was supposed to be one of the window point of views. Oh. Very near the end. <clears throat> when they you know re they were supposed to look out the window and see that the odds were overwhelming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one thing uh, I just remembered now that Dwayne was very uncomfortable. He hated any kind of firearm. Yeah. He, he really hated that gun, so we... Yes, we, that's right. And, uh... You can see it. You see him the way he's holding yeah. it there. And, uh, so we had to have somebody load it, hand it to him, and... Or, or even if it, even if it uh, happened to be unloaded, uh, he still he had to be handed the gun right before each yes. shot, and then it had to be taken from him right after. I like this shot here. Yeah. And the, and the other and he thing... Was, he was just totally, I mean, he was, he's such a, you know, just a non-violent kind of Guy. person, mm -hmm. you know. I remember the one time, remember he whipped one, had to take one of the boards off the wall and he, and he hit my camera. Do mm -hmm. you remember that? And he was like, he like, he couldn't work for an hour. <laughs> he was like... Yes, I do remember that now. <clears throat>
I've forgotten that though. I think it's when he's flinging the board at you, or or when you have him at gunpoint. And I think he doesn't he fling a board at you. Um, and I think he hit and when he hits the rifle. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. This explosion, uh, the truck exploded just a while ago, and that we shot with three cameras. Russ on one and and I was on a cam another camera, both 16 millimeter cameras, and George on the 35 millimeter. And Russ and I were nearly hit with some of the shrapnel from the truck explosion. This was good stuff here with the torch. Yes. Very effective. It looks good. No, you're not getting back in here, fella. <laughs> There's cowardly Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, he did open the door. <laughs> Should I or shouldn't I? Here I go. There. Uh-oh. Caught in the act. Yep. <laughs> well, I better help. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe he won't be quite so mad. <laughs> <clears throat> How does it make you feel, Carl, when you, uh, you know, some people actually cheered in the audience whenever he... Shot me? Clobbers you oh, and yeah. shot you too, right? I take it as a, a tribute to my acting ability. <laughs> <laughs> and well, you should. Bang. Boy, that was tough. Smash. Getting him to, uh, to, yeah. to stop hitting to you that. once he started enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny, because you can see him sort of check it there. You're doing great, Carl. Man. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. There's our phone. There's you our still telephone. have that telephone. You, you still have that telephone? Uh -huh. you, really did, you really took those shots. Uh, no, stunt, no stunt players here. Oh, and this was the inspiration for the Night of a Living Dead barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Last Supper. Well, I remember we went back. We were worried that we weren't, that it wasn't strong enough. And, um, I know Jack was the big proponent saying, well, we should go really. We went back and shot, reshot some of these, right? Shot some more close-ups and stuff. I don't remember. That's funny, if I was the big proponent, I don't even remember that. I don't remember that either. There's Paula There's Richards. Paula Richards. He didn't. There's there, the water-filled. Uh, there are the what? Yep. <laughs> Chuck Craig. That's Man. Chuck Craig playing a ghoul. And that's David Barber. And there's a lot of advertising people from yeah. that we knew from our respective. Uh, and there goes Lady mannequin Jones. arm being carried away. That's John, John Simpson. Simpson. And that stuff on the bones and the arm there, that was some kind of silly putty, right? Pink yeah. stuff yes. that we just put on there. It looked yeah. like flesh. I think. The, the big hand bone that Simpson had actually had some meat on it, didn't it? I think yeah, it had some, some gristle. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure that he ate any of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think yeah. he did. Those guys really got into that. You know, even Dave Barber <laughs> with, the, with the intestines, he really... <laughs> no, he was eating the liver. Oh, was he? Yes. Oh, the liver. Whoever had... Oh, that was Roger McGovern on, oh. the, on the hand bone. On the, yes. Roger McGovern on hand bone. <laughs> they were all... Uh, commercial clients of ours that we considered rather staid people ordinarily and it just stunned us that they chomped into these all had good jobs organs, right 
And now Miss Catatonia is getting uh -oh. to come out of it. Ten minutes to three. Well, I think I'm going to shoot me a couple folks here. Better load up. <laughs> I mean, is Willard the nearest town? I don't know. And the Lady Helen. There's the coat rack. Yeah, the famous coat famous rack. Famous coat rack. That was... I don't see that around here. That was here last time. Now that's up at the warehouse. Oh. You said those things turned to should, should bring that down here. Back on his wheels and drive it. Where is it? I still have that dress. You still have Do that you watch. Do you really? Yes. You yeah, still have right the dress. Here. Yes. They're... Here in the studio somewhere. Well, you guys really uh, <laughs> saved everything. I I didn't, actually didn't save anything. I have some old, some of the old eight by tens that. You guys did all your darkroom duty on. Even the stills we did in-house, so to speak. Yes, That's right. Did. I think I have some of the same fillings that I had down there. Oh, now the confrontation builds. It was interesting the TV stuff too. That remember that we had we actually did mat mat shots, which was a new thing for any of us. I don't think we'd ever done any. Mm -hmm. That's right. Any, the, the television. Uh, yeah, matting in the TV. There's Betty Ellen. There's in the, the nude again. Yeah, it was interesting. The nude had to be toned down with makeup. Why? Why was that? She glowed. <laughs> yeah, she glowed in the moonlight. She was too white. Hmm. And then what the the uh, there's someone in a surgical gown or something, which everyone always says, well, what's what's that? Oh, I think that's Roger McGovern, right? Yes, it is Roger. Yeah, it always looks a little weird, <clears throat> you know. Um, because people don't don't read it as a hospital mm -hmm. gown oh. or something. They wonder so why. What's that guy surgical. in the dress? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, transvestites can be ghouls too. Right. <laughs> They're trying to be girls, but they turn out to be ghouls. That's... Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a shot. Posse and, and, uh, oh, I know. I remember uh, whenever. Uh, uh, George got hung up on some commercial job, and I and I was working on the uh, second half of the script. And George read it and said, "There's something bothering me. Something's a matter." Oh, get out, George! It's it's all right. Rudy read it. And he said, "Oh, I think it's good." George said, "I know what it needs. I know what'll fix it." He says, "We need one more siege, one more attack, one more big attack before the final attack." And so that was written in. Oh. Ah. I, uh, I think that's it turned out to be right. It did did add it did fill in a, a hole there. And that's George Cassana, who who is a non actor and these these are some of the funniest and greatest lines in the film. Yes. <laughs> Bill Cardell there, who's a real chilly Billy Cardilly. He was a, he hosted a, a chiller theater, a, you know, a Saturday night uh, spook show theater in Pittsburgh here. And still is a on television now. I used to do um, commercials on Chiller Theater. I was the vampire lady. I didn't know that. Common mm -hmm. Elfa? Common hmm. Elfa, that's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
I lived in a bathtub. I had an old bathtub, <laughs> coffee, instead of a coffin. This was the stuff I think that people felt was so, you know, uh, made the film so angry and militant or whatever. I think the whole portrayal and the, you know, the grittiness of this posse just coming through and mm -hmm. gunning everybody down. And... Of course, those guys were that way in real life. You know? I mean, they, were, they were all rough and ready guys from the, from the steel towns in the, right. around Pittsburgh. That's right. And the, the vehicle, well, this was big deal production. Well, the helicopter was. was our biggest element, yeah. which was KQV. KQV. Brought their helicopter out, and then the, the TV guys. Because mm -hmm, I used to work for KQV. <coughs> Here we are, back to the Gobos. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down the production. And and, uh, and uh, Bill Cardill's daughter uh, Lori later had had the uh, starring uh, role in uh, Day of the Dead. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I meant to mention that before. In the police car, or the and the where was it? The is it the police car, or we where you had we the ambulance with Willard? Oh, the ambulance, yeah. Where, the, I uh, borrowed that from uh, from a dealer, the dealer from whom I'd purchased the Lincoln, and uh, we put Willard on it in the in black letters <laughs> and returned yeah. it, and they had to repaint the, 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 the whole <laughs> side of the car because the, there was a ghost image of the letters on the side. They were not that happy was about awful. That was a terrible thing. There's Jack Givens again, right? Was yeah. that Jack? I, I think I saw him there so many times. You can see that they're all very weak and slow moving. <laughs> <laughs> so were we yeah. at the end of each shooting day. Yes. This was my favorite scene for myself as a performer. Gloria, give me a hand, man. Huh. No way, baby. I'm out of here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> My chance. <clears throat> this was where Dwayne walloped me. Mm-hmm. You were very close. Yeah, I think we. Camera. I was. I was trying to use. I think a 10 millimeter. Yeah, we had that. Because focus angle. was uh, easier in the dark light. And he swings around. And I was, we were out of the blimp. That's it. Wow, that was it, right there before that the cut. Was it, huh? <clears throat> Blap. Ooh. Bang. <laughs> and here's the coat rack that kept following you down the stairs, Carl. Yes. Right. Those ironies, too. I mean, the fact that he just goes ahead and shoots you after he has the drop on you and all that. I yeah. think that's what was the little, you know, the things. And I, we didn't, we, you know, we didn't. Flinch from doing it. Flinch from doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, we I know we talked about a bunch of those things, but I think that's really what, in the end, helped make the film uh, so as strong as it was. Mm -hmm. Some of those behaviors that you don't normally see. And just the, the twist of, you know, I mean, is he right? Is he wrong? Is, mm -hmm. Who's right? Harry's right. That whole. Well, you didn't know the film had the unpredictability. You had to watch for what was going to happen next because anything could happen. 
Mm -hmm. But yet the things that did happen were within uh, the context of believability. Mm -hmm. See how the head goes. <coughs> Hair is different from the beginning of the film. <laughs> what is it, a crew cut there? Uh huh, it's yes. very short yes. with long front end. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh oh. There's. Never explained how she cut my arm off. <laughs> you got did a pretty quick job of it. <laughs> Bill Heinzman still has that trowel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we signed it at the. Uh, did oh. you guys sign it at the chamber? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Here's the chocolate syrup scene. And we used the different this kinds of uh, blood chocolate syrup here, but in some cases we used red ink, like for the squibs, because the red we needed something thin that would actually fly when the squibs went off. And then and other black times. Paint. Black paint we used. Here. I didn't remember mm -hmm. that. Yeah, because that's what was in my dress. Mm -hmm. I had two dresses, and the dress that I used in this shot, the dress, the paint, you know, dried, and the fabric mm -hmm. dried in it, and I was never able to get the dress pulled apart again. Well, wasn't this, wasn't shooting right after that scene, you, there's the driving glove there that makes glove. us realize that that's Johnny. Of course, she says Johnny. But uh, um, that stab, you know, the sort of portrait that of us all sitting there holding up yes. the. Yes. Isn't that, wasn't that around, wasn't that when we shot that? Right. right. Yeah. Right that was yeah. the wrap. That yep. was the, the last shot. As, as I recall, it was the last shot. That's a great picture. I love that picture. Yeah, that's fun. There's Bill. Yeah. Their hair doesn't stop growing. Their, their, hair, starts <laughs> no. to move, their hair starts to move faster. Their hair grows faster <laughs> because the body is deteriorating and not getting any nourishment. See, there's always a logical explanation. These are the rules. You have to know the rules. <laughs> Once you have the rules, if you don't violate them, you're home. Here they come. Here's Bill Birchenall. Shake the windows he was, he and was, rattle the walls. He was another ad executive who was like the most stayed you know he had his clients were like you know blue cross and people yes. put up with yes. no nonsense well you, you know. notice and bill's hair is always perfectly groomed <laughs> <laughs> even after death well <laughs> bill was born in a, a three-piece suit <laughs> yeah, i was going to say three-piece button doll yeah, that's right and the hair i think is uh, what jimmy johnson uh, modeled yeah. his after nice guy and that lady <laughs> in this scene in the ghoul in the Nightgown, wasn't that Russ's uh, mother? Yeah, his, his aunt. His, his aunt, aunt, right? Yes. But his mother There's was... Bill. There's Bill. There's Bill Burton. Yeah. I think he does a great job banging that table there. Or a piano. That's a he said piano. he was on, uh, a couple years ago, Bill Birchenall was on a uh, tour of Europe and got recognized as a zombie in Night of the Living Dead and became the hero of the tour. No. He did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> and there's poor Helen. Uh-oh. See, he didn't shoot him in the head. There. Of 
Carl said, please, not another take. These sit-ups are tough. <laughs> I remember, uh, actually, you know, it's funny. I don't remember shooting with Dwayne in that, in that basement. Did, did we shoot him you in don't? a separate time? Separate time, yes. That's why it's all single shots, huh? <laughs> I was just thinking about just flying him and Keith Wayne back and forth was a major portion of our little budget. And uh, made me think of Russ winning that chess game with uh, Jack Naper at, yeah. uh, at the oh, lab. And, uh, very interesting story. Great whole, story. It was for our sound mix. That if Russ won the chess game, we'd get the mix for free. And if Russ lost, lost the chess game, uh, we'd have to pay double. And you and George and I and Russ were at the uh, Black Angus where the <laughs> tables in the bar were chess boards and we're all a little loaded and they, they, they started that chess game and I thought, oh no, <laughs> Russ loses his chess game, we're done. There's the KQB but, but he did win. He won. Mm -hmm. But didn't, what's his name, bring in a, a champion chess player? His girlfriend was a... Yeah, I oh, think... I think, didn't she go home before it started or... Jack Naper's uh, girlfriend, Laura. I don't know. We'll have to. I don't know, boy, let's talk about guerrilla filmmaking, huh? Holy cow. This it really was it. helicopter was owned by one of the radio stations, KQV, right? Yeah. 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 I'm really terrified. I'd never been around a helicopter like that a lot. And I remember telling, you know, worried about people walking under the rotors and Getting walking in as a tail thing. Maybe that's why you thought of, uh, when you made Dawn of the Dead, you thought of having a zombie Maybe. get his head taken off yeah. by a rotor. Big production stuff here. There's Al Croft. Yeah. There's, There's Vince. Vince. Sarinsky. Yeah. On the right. <coughs> Steve Hutzko, is that the cameraman? Steve. Yeah. Yep. From Channel <coughs> both, Channel 11 uh, uh, News Photographer. See the old news cameras, boy. That's the days before videotape, oh, remember, when news right. used to be on film. You know, I, I tell you, we would never have learned to work with film if it weren't for that. That was just a matter of being at the right place at the right time before right. video, and they mm -hmm. they were using film to do commercials, and so therefore there were processing laboratories and equipment and um, in in big cities like Pittsburgh. And yeah. I remember hanging around. Pittsburgh Motion Picture Laboratory, which is then, then in the building where Latent Image wound up, uh, they had that ground floor. Swergle, mm, John, John Swergle. Swergle. John Swergle, yeah. Well, the other thing, there were about 20 uh, commercial film companies in Pittsburgh then. Most of them just one-man operations or maybe eight or ten people at the most. <coughs> That's Dave James, who's uh, in the news department at KDKA Radio. Were the cops, the cops were real cops, were they? Yes, they yeah, were. Some of them were, yeah. Pittsburgh police, 
um, arranged through, uh, through this man, David Craig, who was the public safety director at the time and played the, uh, the coroner, coroner's car driver. Or was he the coroner? Because he was the coroner. I always liked that shot right up mm -hmm. right there. I always liked the way that he hears the, you know, the helicopter in the distance mm -hmm. and that, the way that whole all played and this entire sequence. Yeah. Was, I always See these gunshots though that aren't on the gunshots. That was that's the result of working on a little on a little uh, yeah. moviola reader. I couldn't see all the puffs of smoke mm -hmm. <laughs> and I missed a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's I li always liked his fall there. Dave, Dave James takes the yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good fall. It's amazing. That's amazing stuff, isn't it? People come out and they really want to do that. It's yeah. amazing. Yes, it is. And he yeah. forgot yeah. that he did that fall. He came out to the zombie jamboree, and I talked with him about it and told him that was one of my favorite shots, and he had totally forgotten that he even did oh, it. Yeah. It's funny, people get up in front of the camera and, uh, you know, it's all of a sudden someone who's never done anything like that before does something spectacular like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a stuntman fall there. Mm -hmm. He just went down flat. Yeah, it must have hurt. <laughs> yeah, there's a real villain of the piece. Right. He kills the hero. And that's Vince. That's Vince Servinsky. Yeah, he said he saw the movie at a theater uh, with a largely black audience. <laughs> and uh, he said he was lucky to get out of the theater alive. <laughs> Did you guys print these? Yes. The still the, made the you actually the made the prints in the darkroom. Yeah. Using what? Did you print through like a fabric or something? Um, a mezzotint screen. And what did you record the sound on? I, you know, I was trying to remember that. You didn't uh, have a quarter-inch machine, did you? Yeah, yeah. You did have a quarter-inch. Uh, a um, Aravox Tanberg. Oh. Portable recorder. I couldn't remember. I was wondering if we had a sprocket drive, or you know, I, I couldn't remember. I said, I remember the blimp. Yeah. No, I was. I thought, but um, we resolved the sound. This Heinzman's name is spelled wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. It should be H I N. <laughs> oh no! I never noticed. All, All these years, you never. <laughs> I think the only problem was that this movie made it seem like the movie business was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old Capitol Library. Do you remember uh, at the premiere that we got a standing ovation at the end? That when the picture when he showed the picture at the Fulton Theater and uh, the bonfire ignited and, and everybody, the entire packed theater. Uh, stood and gave us a standing ovation because yes, nobody did. could believe that a movie uh, this yeah. good had been made in, in uh, Pittsburgh. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Huh? Everyone around you standing that, up. See, now that original sequence was much longer after the credits finished. Yeah. And it went back to more stills, more music. I don't remember that. Of relief. I do remember that now that you mention it. it. But boy, that's a vague memory, too. Yeah. Well, do you want to watch it again? <laughs> <laughs>